Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hey, what's going on, folks? Alvin here. Um, We just got finished recording the episode for this week, and Fran left and delivered some devastating news. Uh, Kobe Bean Bryant apparently has died in a helicopter crash, and most tragic of all, there are reports that uh, some of his daughters may have been on board the helicopter as well. Um, the details are still coming in. Obviously, if you're listening to this now, more has been revealed, but this is kind of in the moment. And I didn't want to put this episode out without speaking on this. Cause like I said, it happened after we finished recording, not, not, not more than two hours after. So, um, just wanted to, don't know what to say, but I felt like I needed to say something. Uh, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. Uh, it's incredibly shocking sports news. Like I said, I really don't know what to say. Uh, Kobe Bryant was one of those players that you don't really appreciate as a kid because his mentality was just it was psychotic. He uh, he was a different type of animal as far as basketball was concerned. Highly cerebral, a competitor. But when you get older and you learn about some of those characteristics, you know that really make a winner. Kobe, Kobe, he embodied that to the fullest. Um, Wow. Really, really, really still processing this. Um, As I said before, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, a fierce competitor, a father, a champion, an inspiration to millions of people. And uh, this is going to be felt for a while. Um, Mamba out. We're brothers, we're happy and we're singing and we're colored. Give me a high five. All right, cut and print. Beautiful guys. Dynamite. Yes, yes, hello, and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. What up? What's going on, Fran? Uh, the seasons is, it's been a crazy time, man. I, yeah, man. I, I, I think, I think I'm, a, I'm gonna double down on what I said a, a, a couple weeks ago. I think winter's gonna miss us, man. Yeah. It's been a weird time on the East Coast, man. 
It, yeah. it really has not been. I got all kind of, you know, I got all the shit because mm-hmm. we both work outside. Yeah. I got the heated jacket. I got wool socks. I got, you know, crazy double line pants. Mm-hmm. I'm at work hot as hell, yeah, man. I just not, it's just not required. Yeah. I could just wear a nice light hoodie and make it through the day most of these days, yep. man. So it's just crazy times, man. So I would ask you how, you know, how work's been, but it, if it probably has been the same as it would be on a fall, you know, during the fall. I mean, yeah. it been, hasn't been too many brisk days, man. Yeah, it's been it's been in the mid, I think it's supposed to be like mid 40s the rest of the week. I can super handle it. almost in February. Yeah, that's fine. I can do a <laughs> mid 40s. Yeah, that's fine. Especially when it's January, your body's like, you used to, it's yeah, supposed to be supposed like to be five degrees. Yeah. So this, it almost feels warm. Yeah. Yeah, man. Wild times, man. Anyways, uh, what's been going on, man? Baby check in uh, 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 this uh, week. What is this? What are we at? Week. Uh, Six, yeah, he's almost he's almost two months in like a week. Okay, yeah. So what's going on? Is there anything uh, new? Is he holding his neck up on his own now? No, he's smiling a little bit now, which is cool. That doesn't. They say uh, when you look it up in research, like the babies don't sm- start smiling to like two months. Okay, so he's advanced. Yeah. Oh no, well he's right on. He's right on. Right on. Right just on. getting there. Yeah. yeah so he he okay. give you a little smile and then like just give you a little mug after that. Oh okay. But okay, a savage. He's he's still like I feel like to me. He's it's like he's growing slower than what Sophie was. Like I feel like mm. Sophie was growing so fast. Yeah. It's like I feel like he's like still this week old newborn. Mm. Like he doesn't really open his hands that much. Mm. He always balled up. It's it's, it's weird. Chill, it's just, man. Just chill. It's, yeah, it's weird. He yeah. he's more crybaby than Sophie was. It's, mm. Like when you have two kids, you start comparing them. Yeah. So yeah. it's like he's way he cries way more than Sophie did. It's, mm. it's crazy. But other than that, he's doing fine. He's doing great. He's healthy. Um, the family's good. I'm been tired of shit i'm back into work yeah my work schedule now so i've been fucking exhausted and it's but, rough because you're still off a little bit yeah yeah when you get that when you get yeah. that off time and then you go back to yeah. work oh yeah oof. and then and then with me getting up i have to get up like six so like i'm getting mm, up when it's late dark when it's dark and then i'm yeah. getting home when it's dark mm. it's and then by it being late early it gets dark early yeah you feel t- you feel like you're getting tired much earlier than you would be in the, the springtime. For sure, for so. sure, yeah. It's always nice to get off work and there's still a little bit of daylight yeah, left. Yeah, but yeah, that's rough. That's it's cool. Like, How are things yeah. going for you? I can't complain, man. Uh, you know, everybody's... I know for you, it's W-2 season, so I'm sure you're yeah. getting a lot of yells and shit when you walk in. Hey, man, got mine? Yeah. I have no concerns about my W-2s because... I ruptured my Achilles last year, and I was on unemployment for a lot of the year. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably going to owe the state money because mm-hmm. they're going to want that bread back. Yeah, we held you down, but you know we still need that, that back. back. Yeah. So whatever whatever money I might have made once I was no longer injured, they're going to come for that for tax season. So do you pay it in a big lump sum, or it's just spread it out? I know you know. can you can spread it out quarterly. Okay, but um. I have to see how much I owe. I don't okay. think it's gonna be anything crazy, yeah. but it would be like, it, like let's say I was gonna get a thousand back in taxes, mm-hmm. probably owe twelve. So okay. I'll end up owing like you know I'm I'm expecting to owe between two and six hundred dollars. Okay. So will I break that up? It's one of those kind of things where like it's easier to just pay, just pay it. Yeah. I always it's always I'm always the guy that's like no spread it out. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's tw- if it's a hundred dollars, I'll pay you twenty dollars a month. Yeah. But sometimes it's like just pay it, get it off your mind, get and just yeah. get done. So I'll see once I get the damage. We got to get a new CPA, so we'll get all that taken care of. Anyways, man, let me. Uh, um, I wanted to jump into uh, having a quick conversation with you about the podcast mm-hmm. because. Um, I am going to be guesting on a podcast later today, mm-hmm. two pods a day, um, uh, slight flex. And it brought up the, it brought up the conversation in my mind of, you know, when I 
do this podcast introduces us to a new audience. And I've been thinking about for a couple of weeks, actually, of deleting like the first 30 episodes of ours. Mm-hmm. Just because it's so rough yeah. that I don't want people, when they if they hear a clip of us now and they go, oh, that sounds cool. And then they go to jump to one and one sounds crazy. Yeah. You know, because I think we've made such progress mm-hmm. between one and now, 100 mm-hmm. and whatever, that it's not a good reflection or a good representation of us if you listen, if you hear us now and then you go, oh, let me go check this podcast out and you yeah. go listen to one. So I've been on the fence about that and I, so I wanted to talk to you about it and then also I'm not going to do it today, obviously. I want to get the feedback from the listeners once they listen to this episode mm-hmm. and just hear what do you what do you think about that? About you deleting episodes? Yeah, just like um, delete, at least delete till the the new song. Yeah. Because we had a whole, new, <laughs> shit was crazy, you know? Yeah. And I'm also on the fence because I'm like, it's our journey. Mm-hmm. So in that aspect, it's like cool to see the progression and hear us get into a groove and all that kind of stuff. But also it it's pretty bad audio, man. And, yeah. You know, I think if whoever the listener is, if they listen to this episode now and they want to go back, if they're invested in the podcast and want to go like, I really like these guys. Mm-hmm. And you go back to the first one, it's like, I guess they could see what, I mean, like they were asked the first 10 episodes but <sighs> I know they're gonna get better so I think I should you know I like them so I'll let me see where they let me see how it began how, yeah how, yeah, how the they origin grew, story how they especially if somebody if somebody's interested in starting a podcast for sure I think that would be good research for them and then just to see how what we had to go through and the steps they need to take or whatever for them to get better for sure to where we at now but yeah man I'm on the fence about both of them I mean if you do yeah. then uh, it's you like, could just yeah. burn those and bury those forever if I right. care it's but. like I think I think in a sense it's kind of it's raw and yeah. it's and it's there's some there's some inside jokes that we might even still have I don't know yeah because we just kind of talk to each other but it might have been some the inception of an inside joke in the podcast might be in those first thirty yeah that now you don't it'd be cool to hear where it came from or whatever you know so it was some good times within those but it also was that's a rough, rough. yeah it was yeah. some ru- you know it's a rough listen for me but maybe it's not for somebody else I can't listen I can't listen with new ears mm-hmm. so I don't know so I'm on the fence about it because I, w- I thought about that like you know like crazy scenarios but let's say you know we got asked to do my favorite murder mm-hmm. or, or, or or some other crazy big podcast where we would get an influx of of listeners mm-hmm. you know I don't want to mention the podcast that I'm doing later tonight today it is it is it is a super dope podcast but I'm not going to mention it until it comes out so we know if it even you know something could go wrong mm-hmm. but let's say we did a super dope podcast and we got a flood of new listeners on one mm-hmm. but then it doesn't go to two and it doesn't go to three and it doesn't go to four because they go to one and they go oh they sounded cool on this but this episode is bad yeah. so this podcast is probably bad because nobody's going to jump to Maybe they do. I don't know. I was going to say nobody's going to jump to the most recent episode. I would think they would go to the first episode. So I don't know. It's tough. That's all. It's something it's something I've been thinking about, man, because I think we're better than, way better than we were. Yeah. But I don't think it would hurt us you deleting those. I don't think. I don't think it would hurt us either. But then it's, I don't have the setup and I'm not a, a expertise, a expert on this kind of stuff. So I don't, I don't have like a separate drive. Where I could just take them and put them here, yeah, and then they're off the thing. But I have them, yeah. So if I ever wanted, to, let's re-release episode one. If I delete them, I'm pressing the little trash can icon, and, gone. and it's just gone. That's the only way I know how to do it. I don't have an exterior hard drive or anything. I'm not a, a hacker. Yeah, I don't know how to do that shit. So I know how to press delete, mm-hmm. and that's that's what I would be doing. So it would be no, oh, let's bring them out of the archives. As though there's no archives here. I think those are on my computer. 
the the first couple yeah, yeah probably it's crazy times man i don't know so uh, let us know what you think about that I've, I'm, I'm on the fence about it it's just you know it's not it's not a big deal but it's just something i've been thinking about anyways man world news you've been hearing about this coronavirus yeah uh yeah it's got people it's 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 it's, it's a pandemic status right now mm-hmm. um and you know we've we've been through a couple of pandemics i'm hoping it stays a pandemic um to my knowledge a pandemic is like the hype is bigger than the actual damage that the that the the disease will do mm-hmm. like we went through swine flu yeah sars mm-hmm. i remember for a couple of weeks people thought the black plague was back mm. you know shit like that whereas a case here in saskatchewan you know so uh this uh this coronavirus was first popped up in in uh, hunan china i believe and it's it's killing people there it's been like at least 17 confirmed cases of people dying it is a it's a um it's an offshoot of a uh, pneumonia-like virus, mm-hmm. so like SARS. Yeah. And it's it, it, so it it mimics. It's it's like a it's it's a, it's flu-like in the in the symptoms, mm-hmm. but you know that can kill elderly people. Yeah. It, you know, it can kill children. Um, and there's been a couple of cases confirmed here in the United States. Uh, I don't really know. You know what, what comes from that? You know. Cause I don't, ha- I don't, I feel like it's different when you have kids mm-hmm. cause it's new concerns now because while I did just come off a flight and I remember looking up on the screen and seeing something about China and have you visited China recently? Mm-hmm. And I didn't think anything about it. And then over the next week it, you know, turned into this whole story. Yeah. So I didn't even think of anything about it while I was, um, on the flight. But you know, when you're a parent, you know, you send your kids to school, kids, you know, kids are nasty as shit. Yeah. You know, they come touching snot something. on their hands, yeah. touching the other kids. Then kids come home, got, you know, a regular cold mm-hmm. and you think it's just a regular cold. So you get them some, you know, Theraflu or whatever you get them and you think you get over it. So my advice would be if you're feeling flu like symptoms, go to the doctor Yeah, because you never know. It, it could be something more serious than it is. Mm-hmm. So that's the only advice I really have. I thought that was, you know, um, whenever these kind of things come out, I'm always like, what are they trying to distract us from? Mm-hmm. Because I don't think the, 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 uh, this, this coronavirus is going to like wipe, wipe through the United States, but it's getting a lot of TV coverage and there's an impeachment trial going on right now. And, uh, the, you know, the news channels that are, you know, uh, anti-impeachment are like, this is boring. Don't watch this. And now there's this whole thing now of, whoa, uh, a, a case in uh, Missouri, possibly, question mark? Let's talk about this for two hours. So, I, you know, I always think about what is the news trying to distract us from. And so I'm more interested in that than the actual disease itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. I'm going to keep my eye on that. I don't really know how it plays out. I saw a funny tweet where somebody was, uh, somebody said, this is, this is great promotion for Corona, though. Yeah. Uh, you know, because you see coronavirus. Yeah. If there's a, there's probably somebody that had to get shot down in the marketing department department in Corona was like, we should do a commercial where it's like a guy's sick and he, you know, he's like, I got the coronavirus. Yeah. And then we hand him an ice cold Corona and then he's healthy again. They were like, no, uh, Kevin, we're not, not going right to do that. Yeah. That's not, it's not the right time. <laughs> it's bad timing on that. But that, that commercial's coming. Yeah. Six months from now. As when it's summertime up. and yeah, when the summertime is out and you see the Corona with the lemon in it and mm-hmm. all that shit, when it's that time, somebody it's gonna be a coronavirus commercial. Whenever this a situation comes up like this, it's always because somebody was from China and flew over here back home or whatever the case is, and they touch a couple people. Yeah, and now a couple people got it, and it's all that, over the news. That's that's how most things they 
I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a conspiracy theorist. That's how they said AIDS. You know, the way they say AIDS happened is is crazy. Yeah. Because that's not what happened. So this isn't a this isn't a, a this isn't a deadly disease. It is a disease that can cause death. Yeah. So like I'm, any other I, disease. Yeah. So I'm less um I'm less skeptical about it than I would be if this was some disease where it's like if you get this you'll die. Yeah. I'm always like, on, the government like, like, made that. It's like on contact. Though, right for you yeah to, it's, it's the same touched. way you would if, yeah. if, I, if i blow my nose and i have the coronavirus and i go hey what's up high friend? Five, yeah you have i've exposed you to the coronavirus yeah. now the same way a common cold or anything like yeah. that which has which kills people as well yeah. you know so um this i'm less i'm less skeptical about the coronavirus than i am about like hiv or you know any of those kind of things sickle cell you know yeah. these kind of things that with the government created and uh sickle cell? spread to people. oh yeah. yeah a disease that only black people can get yeah come on now I'm speaking in general, you know, generalizations. I know it's more complicated than that, but sickle cell's crazy, man. Yeah, my a friend of ours have it. I know, yeah. and it's a black disease. Yeah, that's wild. That's you know what I mean. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I I don't know too many other. If there's any other people out there that are like only Jewish people get this or only Mexicans get this disease, yeah, let me how, know. I don't know what they are. I get that, but how do you think? How does that even work? How does I don't know. I would imagine there's some kind of gene that's more pro- more prevalent in African Americans than other people, and it attacks that gene. But I'm not a. I don't know. Yeah. I just know, and maybe it is. Some people get that aren't black get sickle cell, but the percentages are like it's ninety. It's in the ninety or something yeah. like that of how who gets sickle cell being black is like high as hell. Yeah. So I just think it's weird that it's like a disease for uh, for black people out there. Anyways, I'm not here to get into that. <laughs> Coronavirus, guys, if you feel sick, you got a runny nose, go to the doctors, get some antibiotics, get, you know, keep an eye on your health because it's, it's very crucial. Yeah. Um, before we jump into uh, the fucked up shit, I wanted to talk to you about, I don't know, if, it's not a good vibe story because it's really fucked up, but it's this guy named Suntory Thomas, mm-hmm. and I might not be saying his name <laughs> wrong, but... Um, God will do it, man. That's all I want to say, right? So Santori Thomas is this guy. He was working at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Mm-hmm. He sued Enterprise Rent-A-Car because he felt like he was being racially discriminated against, right? Mm-hmm. So he got some kind of settlement, undisclosed amount, you know, high though. Nice yeah. amount. Of, nice, a nice check to take to the it's bank. Like 100000 Something like that. Yeah. He goes to the bank. I want to say it was a TD bank or something like that. I can't remember what bank it was. The bank gives him a hard time. Oh, what, whoa. Where'd you get this check from? That kind of stuff. Oh, the person who verifies the check isn't here right now. Um, let me go. Let me go check and see when they'll be back. He goes, okay. He goes and sits down. About five minutes later, the police come. Mm-hmm. Now the police are asking him, "Where did you get this check from?" He goes, I, "This check is from my lawyer. He cut the check today. We run, went through the whole thing." But what made me sad was he goes, and also I was like, "Get your money, bro," because I I could see in the press release what that was. He goes, yeah. "You know, I made sure I talked to them." Super nice. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to be another person on a T-shirt, you know, yeah. saying RIP. So I made sure I talked. So he made sure it was like, it It was. It felt like a tense situation, mm-hmm. but I kept my wits about me because I didn't want the police to do anything to me because I knew I was in the right. Yeah. And long story short, uh, they refused to cash the check. He went to, let's call it Chase Bank. Mm-hmm. Went to Chase Bank, opened a new, so he, clo- he, cl- he said, you know what? This is crazy. I'm closing my account yeah, with I this. Too. I don't. I'm done here. Yep. Absolutely. I I fully, I I always tell people, you know, don't accept that kind of shit. Yeah. You know, like it, you're you're there's power in your money. Even yeah. if you even if you 
won't directly affect that business. If you feel like you've been discriminated against at a restaurant or whatever, don't eat there anymore. Yeah. Don't just call it, oh, it was that manager there that no, day. That. No, take your money. Don't don't let people treat you that way. And this guy said, no, fuck that. Close my bank account out. I'm done here. Went to another bank. You know, call it whatever bank. I don't know the name of it. Opened a new account. They put the check right in. Mm-hmm. So already you go, so what's the policy here then? Yeah. Because why does this bank... From bank to bank, you know, because so, the job of a bank is to be able to verify a check. Yeah, you know. Now, if a bank is if a bank is tricked, I would imagine that that only would last for a couple of days. Eventually, yeah. they bring in a person who's like, "This check's fake." Yeah, they have. If any place has the people who could eventually go, "This is a fake check," it's a bank. So for them to give them this whole rigmarole and uh, the person's not here and uh, it, we don't have the pot, the capabilities, the check was too high and all this kind of stuff. And then you go to another bank and they're like, oh, hey, welcome. Yeah, I'll put that in. It'll be available in three days. Yeah, that that makes me go, oh, that's crazy. This, you know, I'm, I got to tell this story. So long story short, I think that uh, Santori Thomas will be going through another yeah. lawsuit. See, shut out of him. Get, sue the fuck out of him, yep. man. Get your money. Get your coin. You know, and and oh man, where was this? Uh, I don't remember where it was. I don't remember was it where the south it was. Somewhere? I don't think it was. It's mm. the crazy part. It might have been like a Midwest kind of thing, which Close. is the same kind of vibe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Close. You know, it's just, you know, it's just it's just sometimes it's crazy. You know how shit could. You know, it's silver lining. Yeah. In a in a weird way, it's like you know you you know you you just went through this whole thing. You had to quit your job. You sued your job. Whatever they did, they discriminated you against you in, an, in enough of a way where they took a settlement. And then and you go into the oh, bank. So he worked there, rent a car. He worked at oh, Enterprise okay, Rent a Car, Inter- yeah, and okay. and and they did something, and he was like, "I'm suing." Yeah. And he won, and in that money, the money from a racial discrimination lawsuit has apparently led to another racial discrimination lawsuit. Yeah. Sue the fuck out of him, yeah. man. I think that kid who, there's a kid who, they said he can't walk the state, he can't graduate because his dreadlocks are too long. Oh, I saw that. Sue the fuck out of that school district, man. That's crazy. It's 2020, man. You're talking about people's hair? What is the policy? Mm-hmm. Why can't he have dreadlocks as long as he wants to have them? Are they interfering with the education? Is it a distract? What is the What is the rule? Because yeah. I'm sure there's girls in that school with hair down to their ass crack. Is it? Oh, you have to. Sorry, you have to cut your hair, or you can't walk. This. What is the rule? Yeah, I think that's crazy, man. T- hair discrimination is wild, man. Workplaces are saying you can't have natural hair, and they have to put these new rules on the book. It's 2020, and they're just becoming rule. Like, oh, uh, a new law is in place where workplaces can't discriminate against hair. It's like that had to be a come a thing. That's that had to be a law in the books. Yeah. So I said, yeah, sue them all, man. Fuck it. You know, like, don't just don't just take that shit. Don't just go, oh, I'm not going to work here then. I'm just going to go somewhere. No, fuck. Bring attention to it. That's not okay. He went into a bank to cash a check that was le- like a real check, and they fucking gave him some bullshit. You know, it's crazy when you know you're getting bullshitted. Yeah. When somebody's like, oh, the manager's not here right now, so I can't really do that. And it's like, so... So you just can't help me? Mm-hmm. There's no phone call you can make? It's, no, it's not our policy. Our policy says. Anytime that kind of shit comes up, I'm always skeptical. Of you. So you can't help me because of what? Well, I'm not the I'm the day manager. I'm not the night. Mm-hmm. Anytime that type of shit comes out, I'm like, this shit is crazy. Yeah. You know, it always ta- it takes me back to that same kind of thing of the dress codes when you go through the door. Oh, you got boots on. You just can't have a hat. Uh, oh, your shirt has a... Uh, it's got animals on it. We don't let animal shirts into the club. Yeah. You don't want black people in the club, man. Like that. You know what I mean? A, a, a policy that says no Timberland boots, no hats, uh, no jewel, like no jewelry. Anything. It's like that's targeting. Yeah. You know. So 
Um, you know, shout out to Suntory. I hope you get another settlement, get you another hundred racks, yeah, and, and you know, and and, and uh, yeah, man. But this racial shit is getting out of hand, man. Yeah, man, it's 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 a crazy time out there, man. This is a lot of you got to bite your tongue a lot, and I think people are getting sick of biting their tongues. And but on the other end, it's see, this country's like a it's like a pendulum, man. Mm. And 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 you know, in the nineties and the early two thousands, it was like very much to the right where you could say what you want you know you could make fun of gay people you could do whatever yeah. and all these kind of things and right now it's swung all the way to the left where it's like you can't say anything yeah and i don't like either but i would love a nice middle ground you know i i think that i think that everybody should be able to be joked about i'm not saying go to a comedy club and be like ew it's gay dudes in here yeah but making fun of like tendencies that gay people have that are funny or a little you know the same you know the same uh you know uh the same, uh, you know, things that you see about people that you would make about a black person or, or Hispanic person or whatever. I think everybody's fair game. And we live in this world now where I thought the craziest thing to me, it's not crazy. And some people are going to disagree with me and that's fine. Um, I listen to Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. I think Joe Rogan is a smart dude, but he's like a dude, dude. He's just like, he's just like a dude who asks questions, mm-hmm. which I fuck with because I'm like that. I'm not saying I'm like Joe Rogan. I'm just saying he asks questions and he asks some questions on the subject of trans people, gay people, weed, drugs, gang violence, whatever. He asks he asks questions. That's mm-hmm. what he does. And he endorsed Bernie Sanders halfway. He was on his podcast and somebody asked him, like, who are you gonna vote for? And he goes, I don't think I'm gonna vote for Bernie Sanders. That's it. Mm-hmm. He's not knocking on doors, he's not putting signs in people's yards. He just said, I think I'm gonna vote for Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders took that, put it up on his Twitter. It was like, hey, man, cool. Joe Rogan, man. Joe Rogan is going to vote for me. Will you vote for me? And people were like, this dude's a bigot. He's a transphobic. He's fat phobic. Joe Rogan? Yeah, and it's like. I thought people loved Joe Rogan. No, some people love Joe Rogan, but like left people, super left people, they got, they got him pegged as like a Nazi and all this. And wow. it's like, that's crazy, man. Be- because it's the same thing that happened with Dave Chappelle. When Dave Chappelle made that trans people joke, and it was like, J- Dave Chappelle is canceled. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Dave Chappelle isn't canceled. Dave yeah. Chappelle's a genius. He made a, he made a, uh, he made a, he, he made a joke that was edgy and on the line, mm-hmm. maybe over the line. Bold. But that's what, that's what stand up comedy, comedy is. Yeah. You know, it's not supposed to be, oh, uh, my dog got out in my in my bed today and licked my face. That's crazy. And then it's like, what? Like yeah. It's supposed to be pushing the line. and That's what stand-up is. And if you're not a stand-up comedian, shut the fuck up. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, like, the podcast listened to Two, Two Bears, One Cave with uh, Burt Kreischer and um, Tom Segura. Uh-huh. Burt Kreischer is really like, they always talk about Joe Rogan. They love Joe Rogan. Yeah. But they always talk about their podcast like it's just but being a, a comic most of their jokes are like that. You yeah. can't be sensitive of the stuff they say that if it's racial, it's like, it's not, like a lot of TV shows, like Always Sunny Philadelphia like that. Like you just can't, can't take that shit serious. It's, it's, yeah. it's, we're joking. It's a joke. Well, for me, I can't tell anybody how to feel. That's where I always stand. Yeah. yeah. But if, but if, I don't, I don't watch uh, the Great British Baking Show. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, try to get the great British baking show canceled because I don't like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's where we're at right now. If you don't watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you see a, a episode of Always Sunny, Always Sunny in Philadelphia out of context. They did black sh- blackface on the episode. Mm-hmm. They did an episode where they were like, they were black now and singing. Yeah. Yeah. If you see that episode out of context and I get on Twitter and then there becomes this, st- this snowball effect of, they did what on Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I didn't know that. 
and we know because we watch it that this episode's from like three years ago yeah. and they're like you know what cancel that show you can't do that yeah. and it's like just don't watch the show just don't watch it it's people that like the show the TV the show's on for a reason people like Joe Rogan for a reason if he was a Nazi do you really think pe- as many people would like Joe Rogan like really yeah you, I mean it was an episode where he was like where Charlie was like in a full Nazi uniform yeah <laughs> and somebody might see that out of context and go no no this show can't be on TV yeah cancel it and they've never they never they will never watch another episode and only saw two minutes of, so it would it would affect them none if they just changed the channel yeah you know yeah. so that's and I think that's a you know I did stand up briefly very briefly and mm-hmm. very amateur-y and but I know that it's not easy yeah and if you've never done that, then don't tell somebody how to be funny or what's funny, what's not funny, because yeah. you don't know. You kind of got, you kind of got like toe the line a little bit though, because you don't want to. For sure, I'm not saying people. go out yeah, there yeah, yeah. and say the f word and, yeah. and 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 say the n word and all this kind of stuff. But I've heard comedians do jokes that aren't black that have the n word in them that are insightful, funny, uh, relatable, and very uh, intelligent jokes. Yeah, but the thing with that is, with social media, people will, will pull at a clip and just just the n word part, just the n word part, not the context. not the context around it. That's how that's people the, go. No, yeah, no, that's the no. world. That's the world now. Yeah. That's the world now. And yeah. I'm not a fan of that. I'm, you know, context matters, man. That's all I'm saying. And I, there's people that don't like Joe Rogan, and there's people that are probably listening to this. And, and I thought everybody loved Joe Rogan. No, Joe man, Rogan. no, because because he he's the he's the he's the picture of what a racist white dude would be in America except he's he's super chill he's super liberal like he's he's but he, he's bald he's buff he likes to fight he shoots guns he hunts but he also smokes mad weed he's mad progressive he doesn't care what anybody does but he just asks questions he's a conspiracy theorist he's all types of shit but no people who would just see Joe Rogan and hear him talking about how cool it is to shoot a gun again it's context if you watch certain moments in Joe Rogan's podcast you're like this dude is terrible. Yeah. I, it's too long for me. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah he long. has he has good guests on there. So, okay. you know, a lot of times and talks about crazy shit. Yeah. Anyway, I'm done plugging Joe Rogan's podcast. I'm yeah. sure there's people that super disagree with me, and that's fine. I I don't really care. Um, I just don't like. You can't just call somebody a Nazi because you don't like what they're saying. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that word means something. Yeah. You know that word is people throw Nazi around crazy these days. Yeah, you know, and it's like sometimes people are sometimes somebody's a troll. Sometimes somebody wants you to get mad. And I'm not saying that's okay, but you're doing what they want you to do. Yeah. You know, so that doesn't make them a Nazi. That just makes them an asshole. If you think somebody's an asshole, that's fine. But calling people a Nazi and a bigot, those are those are very strong words mm-hmm. to call somebody when they're not that. And sometimes people never recover from that. However, Joe Rogan has the he's the biggest podcast, period. Yeah. So that that's not the case here. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it just sometimes I see stuff happening on Twitter and I'm like, this is weird. Like, yeah, you know? man, just keep all that racial shit away from me, man. Just don't. I don't even. I just hate seeing the shit on social media. It's like, again, we still on this. Like, what do you mean? Like, just racial, just any racial shit. You just oh, see like, on, like racism like, or you yeah, mean... racism. Period. Just Got any it. type. I just don't. I just like. It's like, ah, <sighs> like we still on this. Yeah, man, it's 2020, crazy. man, and we're getting closer and closer to 2050. And there was this 2050. Yeah, well, 2050s around the corner in the grand scheme of things. Mm. Um, well, I'm just saying, like, how, what are we, 27? 
the world is a fucking billion years old. Yeah. Like we're when if you look at a timeline of how long Earth's been here, you can't even see our dash. Yeah. So in the grand scheme of things, twenty fifty is not far away. And I remember reading this. That'd this be great. I remember reading this census in National Geographic that said by twenty fifty, everybody's gonna look like Rashida Jones. Who the hell is that? You don't know who Rashida Jones is? No. From Parks and Recreation? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's, she's hilarious. Quin- yeah. Quincy Jones's yeah. daughter. Everybody's gonna look like Rashida Jones. They're all gonna we're all mixing and melting and everybody's gonna be vaguely brown with, you know, kinky ish hair and, oh, yeah. and light colored oh, yeah, eyes. That. That. That, that's that's gonna be the average person by twenty fifty. Yeah. So in my mind I would think, you know, racism has to die eventually, but I don't now that we're in 2020 and I see like 17 year old kids being racist it's like oh, no I guess you can just teach it and there's always gonna be people who are just racist in some yeah, kind of way yeah people do it behind a shield though I think that's another thing yeah mostly the kids I think anyway anyway yeah they do it behind this this social media shield for sure for sure shield, they and they live in a they live in a town that's mostly white yeah. so there's not gonna be any repercussions except for if that goes viral and they're like call the school yeah. get that kid suspended which I'm always like I like um, it's the petty in me. I like that kind of stuff. Where you see like a a, a, a lady at a Walgreens going off racist, and they're like, "Her name's Karen. Yep. She works at this spa. Yeah. And Fired. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah, man, we went on a kind of long run there. Mm, I don't know. Fine. It'd be interesting to see the reactions to that. Um, but anyway, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break. I want to play a little Snow Allegra, which is her her new album is perfect uh, cold weather music. This is Whoa. Uh, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right, and we are back. Fran, uh, it is your turn to go first this week, so yeah. I'm going to shut the hell up and let you go ahead and do your thing. All right, so my um, I don't have a cold case file this week. Oh, whoa. <laughs> but uh, twist. My affirmative murder this week is about Jane Topin. Her nickname was Jolly Jane. Jolly Jane. This is a very old story. <clears throat> so here we go. Though scant records survive of Topin's early years, it is known that her parents were Irish immigrants. Mm-hmm. Her mother, Bridget Kelly, died of tuberculosis when she was very young. Her father, Peter Kelly, was all, was well known as an alcoholic, very abusive as, and eccentric, nicknamed by those who knew him as Kelly the Crack, as in Crackpot. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, because crack in Ireland is fun. Hmm. So, they didn't, no, they didn't, no, he's crazy. Yeah. He's not fun at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, in later years, Kelly became 
the source of many local rumors concerning his supposed insanity, the most popular of which being that his madness finally drove him to to sew his his own eyes his oh. own eyelids closed while working as a tailor. Yeah. They, like that happened or they that happened that was a it said it was oh a, like he um, did it one time they're saying like he did it, it was once a, it was a local rumor oh it was concerning his insanity oh that is disgusting yeah david blaine sewed his mouth shut on tv one time to do a trick and it was so fucking gross i couldn't imagine doing that to your fucking eyelids yeah oh fuck Ugh. so now you just have little holes in your lip on his on his mouth yeah well they heal hmm, okay the human body's a wondrous thing. <laughs> <laughs> in 1863, only a few years after his wife's death, Kelly took his two youngest children, eight-year-old Delia Josephine and six-year-old Honora, to the Boston Female Asylum, an orphanage for indigent, indigent female children. So the, the mom dies, and he just was like, I mean, the dude was crazy. He was like, yeah, you know take what? these kids, man. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. This yeah. is a woman's job. So Kelly surrendered the two the two girls never to see them again. Wow. Documents from the asylum note that they were rescued from a very miserable home. No records exist of Delia and Honora's experience during their time in the asylum, but reportedly Delia became a sex worker while their older sister, Nellie, who was not committed to the orphanage, was committed to an asylum. Oh. In November 1864, less than two years after her father had left them, Honora Kelly... So you're, so you're saying the two sisters got took to an orphanage, but this sister, Nellie, she, didn't get, she got sent to a crate, like a... like a, an, a, asylum. an asylum? Yeah. And wow. one, of the, one of the sisters became a sex worker while in the, um, the part orphanage. of the orphanage. Yeah. So in November 1864, less than two years after her father had left them, Honora Kelly was placed as an... an indentured servant mm-hmm. in the home of Miss Anne C. Toppin of Lowell. That's like a chill. Lowell, that's like a chill slave. Yeah. That's, yeah. Massachusetts. Though never formally adopted by the Topins, Honora took on this Honora took on the surname of the benefactors and eventually became known as Topin. Mm. The Topin originally the Topin original family already had a daughter, Elizabeth. She and Topin got along. In 1885, Topin began training to be a nurse at Cambridge Hospital. Mm. Now, this was in 1800s. Yeah. I think you've done plenty of stories where it was like these people were, these specific people were trained to be some type of nurse or yeah. was like taking care, some type of daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, a lot of people listen to this probably like, I kind of know where this is going. Even you probably know like this. Sure. She's yeah, yeah. training to be a nurse. Old people killer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. yeah, something to that effect. Yep. Get that pillow action. Uh they call that a uh a angel of death. Okay. Is, is is what the typical, you know if if it's going where I think it's going, you could hit me with a twist. I don't know. Yeah. I will continue to listen. Okay. So yeah, so she was trained to be a nurse at Cambridge Hospital. While she was there, she had a lot of friends and was well liked. Unlike her early years, unlike unlike her early years when she was described as brilliant and terrible, at the hospital she was well liked, bright, friendly, evoking the nickname Jolly Jane. Jolly Jane. Oh, so a whole flip. Yep. Once Topin became close with her patients, she picked her favorite ones. The patients were normally elderly and very sick. During her residency, she used her patients as guinea pigs in experiments with morphine and and atrop- atropine. 
She altered their prescribed doses to see mm. what it would do to their nervous system. Jesus. So she was just doing like experiments. She was doing experiments, like she was. Yeah, these were like her guinea pigs. The, the, her so favorite let's see patients. how much if if what's what's how much is too much of this? Yeah. Wow. Yep. However, she spent considerable time alone with the patients, making up fake charts and medicating them to drift in and out of consciousness, and even getting into bed with them. Oh. Oh, that's yep. dark. Yeah. This is horror movie sounding. Yep. So she was recommended for the prestigious Massachusetts General Hospital in 1889. There, she claimed several more victims before being fired the following year. She briefly returned to Cam- Cambridge. Oh, so people were dying from these the overdoses and things she was doing? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. She got a better job, though. Yeah. She went wow. to another hospital. General yep. Hospital. Yep, General Great Hospital. Great soap opera. Yep. <laughs> I don't watch that. It's not better than Days of Our Lives. Um. Uh, what was that? Okay, so she claimed several more victims before being fired the following year. So she briefly returned to Cambridge, but was soon dismissed for administering opiates recklessly. Mm. She then began she then began a career as a private nurse and flourished despite complaints of petty theft. So I mean, she was doing her thing in these hospitals, and then was like, got fired. Was like, you know what? Get some less. I'm get less eyes on me. Yeah, do what I'm doing, I'm doing it my own. Yeah. yeah. So she began her poisoning spree in there. Um, in earnest in 1895 by killing her landlord, Israel Dunham, mm. and his wife. Oh. In 1899, she killed her foster sister, Elizabeth, with a dose of uh, strychnine. Strychnine? Strychnine, yeah, strychnine. Yeah. The one that she got along with? Strychnine. Strychnine is like a pesticide or something? Is it like a... I don't know what it's practical use for, but whenever I hear strychnine, it's about the use, somebody uses the poison somebody. Okay. It might be a pesticide. I'm not sure, though. Let's see. Uh... Is a highly toxic, colorless, bitter, crystalline al- alkaloid used as pesticide, particularly mm. for killing small verte- vertebrates such as birds and rodents. There we go. Boom. Okay. But the Elizabeth, that's the that's the topin who she that's the daughter, right? That's the daughter. So wow. I figure if I figure you have to be, it would be such a high dosage for a human being, though, right? Like you would just have to. Well, I don't know. I don't know how how poisonous hmm. it is. But yeah, even if it is a high dosage, if it's odorless and tasteless, you, you would know. You wouldn't know. It doesn't yeah. matter how much you call, it take. You can take as much. You can use as much as you want. Yeah. Um, so in 1901, Topin moved in with the elderly Eldon Davis and his family in Cardamit to take care of him after the death of his wife, Maddie, who Topin had murdered. So he murdered his her, his mm. wife. Yep. And then moved in with him. They moved in with him. Yep. Savage. Within weeks, she killed Davis. Wow. His sister Genevieve and two of his daughters, Manny, Minnie and Edna. She killed all of them? All of them. How do you explain that? Yeah. Wow. Killed all of them. Does it say how she explained that? No. Wow. No. But the surviving members of the Davis family ordered a toxicology exam. I'm on, sure. So on Alden Davis' youngest youngest daughter, Minnie, the report found that she had been poisoned, and local authorities put a police detail on Topin. I wonder what she said for them to have not arrested her on the spot. I'm. What do you I, mean? I came home oh, and they yeah, just yeah, were yeah, yeah, all yeah, yeah. dead. Yeah. Everybody in the house was yeah. dead. I'm as shocked as you are. So she was just getting everybody strychnine, just put putting in a drink and a yeah, food or I something, guess so. just dinner. Maybe or... she makes the stew. Yeah. She makes the stew. You yeah. put the strychnine in the stew. Untastable. Yeah. I mean, that's that's crazy. Um, on October 29, 1901, she was arrested for murder. By 1902, she had confessed to 31 murders. Mm-hmm. Soon after the trial, one of one of William R- Randolph Hearst's newspaper and the New York Journal 
printed that was purported to be Topin's confession to her lawyer that she killed more than 31 people and that she wanted the jury to find her insane so she could eventually have a chance to be released. Mm. Topin insisted upon her own her own sanity in court, claiming that she could not be insane if she knew what she was doing. She was doing and knew that it was wrong. Mm. But nonetheless, she was declared insane and committed. Wait, wait. <laughs> so they're saying she wanted to be declared insane. Then she went in the courtroom and put on a show. Yeah. And then she still got what she wanted. Yeah. And let me finish. Let me finish this last part. So on June 23rd in the Barnstable County Courthouse, she was found not guilty by reason of insanity and committed for life in the, the Taunton Insane Hospital. Uh-huh. So that's exactly what happened. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> that's wild. That's, you know, that's, uh, wow. So the, 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 in the huddle yeah. before the game, she's like, all right, I want to go in here. I want to get this insanity plea. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to take care of that. Goes in there, puts on a show, insisting, I'm not, I'm crazy. not crazy. I did this on purpose. I know exactly what I was yeah. doing. So they could be like, oh, she's crazy. Yeah. She's she's insane. And then she got exactly she got what off. she wanted. Yep. Wow. An article in the Hoosier State Chronicle published shortly after her arrest reported that Topin would fondle her victims as they died mm. and attempt to see the inner workings of their souls through their eyes. Oh, she wanted to see the soul leave. Oh, that's yeah. dark. Yeah. Oh, that's dark, man. But, but well, she is crazy. For, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, like, what is it for people to go like, you know, that's something they get off on and they can actually see that. Like, that's. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows what she saw? She's the one that went to the asylum or she went to the orphanage. Is this she went to both. She went to she went no. She went to the orphanage. Oh well, yeah. who knows what she saw in that orphanage, man? You know, or who knows what she saw in that tailor shop with her dad? What if this dude really was putting shit, sewing his eyes shut, and doing yeah. all kind of stuff? Who knows what what he did yeah. that fucked them up? You know, her specifically to get to this point. Yeah. Um. So when Topin was questioned after her arrest, she stated that she derived a sexual thrill from patients being near death coming back to life, and then dying again. Mm. Topin administered a drug mixture to the patients she closed, she chose as her victims, lay with them, and held them close to her as they died. Mm. And then we try to bring them back to life? Or she liked that? She or just liked... Maybe it was... She did the... She's like, get them as close as get possible. Get them as close as possible. And then sometimes or, they die. And then, when, and then at the point where she was like, I'm not going to bring them back. I'm not going to try to bring them back. I'm going to just hold them mm. so I can... Feel their body get cold or something crazy oh, like that. Geez. Yeah. So Topin is is often considered an angel of death. Boom. A type of serial killer who takes on a caretaker role and attacks the vul- the vulnerable and dependent. Though she also murdered for seemingly more personal reasons, such as such as in the case of the Davis family, it is possible Topin was also motivated by jealousy. Insurance in the money. case of the murder of her foster sister. She later described her motivation as a paralysis of thought and reason, a strong urge to poison. Okay. That doesn't even... Yeah. Those are just words. Yep. That doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Topin used poison for more than just murder, reportedly poisoning a housekeeper just just enough so she... so that she appeared drunk in order to steal her job and kill the family. Wow. Yeah. That's intricate. Yep. 
Jeez. Yeah. So poison her just enough to make her look bad, get her fired, take the job, yep. and then kill, kill a the family. family. That's strategic as hell. That's some killing Eve shit. <laughs> Jeez, that's some assassin yep. shit, man. Jeez, wow. So she even poisoned herself to evoke the sympathy of men she was courting. Oh, so she had fucking Munchausen's too? Yep. Is that... Yeah, I guess that's Munchausen's, yeah. Because Munchausen's by proxy is you poisoning somebody else. When you poison yourself... I guess that's much house. She had all kind of stuff, man. Jeez. Yeah. So she. It's a lot of that stuff going on today, man. A lot of people putting their sympathies out there or their sadnesses out there just to get the sympathies, man. It's just crazy times, man. It's wild. That's that's a whole different level of attention, man. I can't even. I can't even like. What What do you need that for? I would never want somebody to pity me. If If you pity me, I I'm. I, I can't help if you feel, if you need to feel like you need to console me. I went through a loss yeah. or whatever, but I would never go. Oh, I'm sad. Con- console me. But not you something know. you need every day. Like yeah, yeah. You for need for minor things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. No. I just I can't relate. Um. So she killed thirty one thirty one plus victims, and she was arrested October twenty ninth, nineteen oh one, which was a hundred and eighteen years ago, maybe more than that. Mm. Throwback. Yeah. Uh. But that was um, Jane Topin as Jolly Jane. Just them old. It's like just these old stories that you've done a lot of them. It's like I want to know what the details, if they are true. What are what are the details that we they didn't they couldn't get that? You oh know, yeah, we don't know. They because they don't they don't have proper toxicology yeah. and things like that. Oh, there's all kind of details. That's crazy. There's something about those old ones though. I can I can kind of I can detach myself a little more and almost see it like a movie. Because it's such a primitive time in a sense. Yeah. Where, like I said, if I was dating, a, or no, let's say I worked for a family. I was their, you know, groundskeeper or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I called the police and was, and I, and I called the police and I said, they're all dead. Yeah. I don't, the kid, everybody's just dead. I'm not leaving that crime scene. Mm-hmm. They're putting me in a car and they're taking me to an interrogation room. So the fact that they were, you know, whatever she said to them worked and she got to leave and then they go, Oh shit, she might be involved in this. Put a police tail on her. Let's watch yeah. where she. Not even arrest her. Let's keep an eye on her. Let's see what she does from here. The whole family's dead. The family's dead. What did she say? Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. I'm a woman. They're like, well, yep. that's a good point. Yeah. Go on about your way and do your woman things. Have a nice day. Whatever she said worked. That's crazy to me. I feel like you just get so much. You get you get away with so much in that time. Like it would have it. You could just it move. Have to, yeah, we all have to build up for somebody to pay attention. To pay attention. Yeah, and to be like, oh yeah, this person is suspicious. You could literally at that time, maybe not so much like at the turn of the century, like eighteen ninety five to you know into the nineteen hundreds. But in the eighteen hundreds, you could legit kill somebody, move to another state, and go. I'm Roger now. Yeah, like you just just <laughs> sit. Like that's my name. There's no. Like birth certificates yeah. or social security numbers. You go, my name's Steve. And like, okay, cool, Steve. Would you like to um, plow our fields? Yes, thank you. Yeah. Get a job and you just live your life. It's crazy. Mm, different times. Yeah, and yeah. then they had they send those fucking bounty hunters your way, and that was a re- and that was a real job. It's still a real job, I guess. Um, but th- back then, dead or alive really meant something. Yeah, I don't know if you. I don't know if bounty hunters is is dead or alive still a thing. Listeners so. out there, because if, if you're if dead dead or alive means what it says, dead 
or alive. Either I can way. bring you in alive, yeah. but if I kill you and bring you in, that's still the same thing. So I don't think bounty hunters out here killing people for nah. parking tickets nah. and stuff. You know, so fucking repos and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, no, but dead or, back then, if they caught you and you tried to act up, bang, yeah. and they bring your body to wherever, whatever state you committed your crimes in, and then they get that money. So interesting, time, crazy times, man. But they brung you in a lot. They still hung you or some shit, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I would imagine. Depend on the, depend on the crime. Well, that's probably way for it. That's probably chop your head <laughs> off. Oh yeah, that's that's way yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> We're not barbarians, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> It'll just hang you from your neck until you die. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, Jolly Jane, yeah, man, that was crazy. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's my turn to tell you some fucked up shit, so stick around. All right, and we are back. Fran, it is my turn to tell you some fucked up shit, so please brace yourself for the story of Jerry Marcus, okay. also known as the Tuskegee Strangler. Hmm, Jerry Marcus. Yeah, it's a two very, first names. Yeah, two first names. I don't trust anybody with two yeah. first names. It's very weird. Especially especially at this where it's like your name's like, you know, Michael Michael Steve. You know, it's it's weird. It's It's like which one is it? Yeah, it's like, you know, Jerry Marcus is Jerry Marcus. No, it's not like you know, sometimes like Tristan Thompson, you could be named Thompson, so it's kinda like but it's not, you know, my name's Bert Alex. Yeah. You know, it's like that's crazy. Yeah. So Jerry Marcus. This is Jerry Marcus. Like you made it up. Yeah, it's, it's, and, and made it up on the spot, yeah. like, and you're not a good improviser. Like, you, you did a crime, and they're like, we're looking for Alvin Williams, and I'm like, uh, no, I'm not Alvin Williams, I'm Jerry Marcus. <laughs> you're free to go, sir, sorry. Sorry for the mistaken identity, Mr. Jerry Marcus. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, <clears throat> for most of his adult life, Jerry Marcus was an unemployed drifter surviving off of construction work and other manual labor. Though by personal accounts, Jerry seemed like a man to himself and perfectly nice. On April 17, 1987, he was charged with the day-old murder of a 26-year-old woman named Dorothy Davis in Starkville, Mississippi. While in custody, he promptly confessed to the crime, along with the slangs of six other women in Alabama, Tennessee, and Georgia mm. since, since, that he had killed since 1971. So between 1971 and 1987, he's saying he he killed these other six other women, including Dorothy Davis. Yeah. As a serial killer in the 1970s, which is on, it's like at this point pretty much confirmed. If you were a serial killer, that was the time to be a serial killer. Mm -hmm. People let their kids just hang out all times of night, all times of night. People were hitchhiking. The laws, you know, there was no like DNA database. If you were a serial killer. That was the time to be a serial killer. Yeah. And there were a lot of serial killers mm. at this time. So, yeah. So as a serial killer in the 1970s, Jerry Marcus confessed to using his charms to make his victims feel safe. He said they didn't suspect his shy personality was hiding a dangerous soul. Mm. After Marcus's disturbing confession, detectives went out to canvas the areas where Jerry confessed to leaving the victims of the, the victims' bodies after taking their lives. Two bodies were found, and authorities in three states continued to search for the bodies of the five of five more missing women. So it's very much like uh, that. Uh, I can't remember that guy's name, which is crazy because they're saying he's like the most prolific serial killer now. The guy that's drawing the faces and stuff, the black dude, uh, Little uh, Samuel, Samuel Little. Little. Yeah, it's very much like that. He's you know that he's in he's in a you know police 
custody and he's giving them details. I left it by, you know, this creek and this. Mm. And they're going out and they're finding shit. Mm. You know, Still? I, or this? Or no, no, no. Oh. This is just How about I say, after they picked him up for Dorothy yeah. Davis and he's confessing, go look here, go look here. I, I confess, I did this and I did that. Except Samuel Little's in the 40s, or 50s at this point. It's that's, what I mean, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, no, no. This dude, it's not that high. Oh. Samuel Little thing. It's still going on? Yeah, which is it's died down, but they're still trying to link him to other things. There's a Netflix docu something's coming. I need That's all the crazy. details of I need all of the details of that. That's insane that it's not getting more coverage as well. That's crazy. Mm, they better hurry up because he ain't got too many years left. Yeah, he's old as shit. They need to inter- they need to be interviewing him. Now. Get the yeah. footage now, and then the documentary can come out in two years if that's how long it takes. But be interviewing him now. Yeah, I need all the footage, and I need to know what's this guy's mind like because that's nuts. Anyway, so they're going out and they're searching for these uh, v- these victims' bodies that Jerry Marcus is confessing to. Mm-hmm. After scanning the suspect's record. Lowndes County Sheriff Lewis Harper estimated that Marcus might have claimed 15 victims Mm. in his 16 years of aimless wandering around the South. Mm. Harper said authorities concluded Marcus was a serial killer after checking statements he made while being interviewed by Starkville police in a previous missing persons case. So he had been involved in things before, but he always managed to, you know, there'd be not enough evidence for him to be able to leave. Yeah. So uh, Harper said that... uh, as he kept talking during this uh, missing persons case, as he kept talking, other things kept cropping up. We haven't even t- had time to slow down. This is what Harper said while he's, uh, you know, going through his records and combing through, uh, you know, evidence and going out to places where he's saying he left bodies. It just all came as a storm. And also because of his motive and the things that he was doing, they're like, is it possible that he's a part of this mis- this missing persons case or this cold case or this Jane Doe? So mm-hmm. they started trying to link him to other things as well as the ones he's confessed to. Now, when we hear, when I hear that a lot, it's like when I hear that they, at some point they was interviewing when they brought him in for questioning. Right. <clears throat> during the middle of his killing spree. Mm-hmm. When they interview him and find out, you know, it's not enough evidence or whatever, or it's not him. Wh- I wanted to, always wanted to know what it, what, that person is a. What is he going around and avoiding for them to be like, yeah, this is not the guy. For them to have him in the palm of their hand and right. then go, he's not the guy. I'm not, I just always want to know what is he saying and what or are he's not, avoiding. What, what, what he's he going not around. Saying? Yeah, what is he not like saying? That's, well, what are they asking? What are, some, sometimes, sometimes you have a solid alibi. Sometimes you just go lawyer mm-hmm. and you don't say any of the wrong things. And then your lawyer does your fighting for you. I'm not saying that's what Jerry Marcus did, but I, I could understand you feeling like you have, like, we, we, we have a witness saying he was there, he was with the person, and then somehow they they re, re, rebut that and walk out of the courtroom that day. And maybe, go, well, not the courtroom, the interrogation room that day, and maybe go on and like, commit another couple murders before yeah. you actually nail him down, you know? Yeah. So I don't know what they say. That, I'm not a killer, so I, don't, I wouldn't know what to say at all. I, don't, I can't even speculate. Mm. Um, I don't know that, but all right. You don't know that I'm not a killer. Yeah, that's, that's what you know. What fair enough, saying. man. That's fair, fair enough, and we'll move on because you don't know. Yep. and you don't want to get me hot. So <laughs> let's move on. Don't ask me questions that you don't want the answers to. <laughs> uh, so Marcus told authorities where to find Dorothy Davis's new body on the side of a rural. Oh, I hate that word. On the side of a rural, rural. You really rural, can't say that word. Rural, 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 rural. rural. <laughs> I hate that word. It's so stupid. It's such a stupid word. <laughs> On the side of a rural road in Webster County, Har- uh, according to the, uh, Harper. 
Authorities said Miss Davis was last seen with Marcus at a Columbus disco the evening of April 10th, 1987. Disco? Yeah, disco, man. You know, Donna, Donna Summers, you know, all that kind of stuff. Classic <laughs> stuff. Uh, seven months prior, a woman named Wadine Brown Ellerby went missing in Jerry's hometown of Tuskegee, Alabama. While in custody, he allegedly drew a map of the backyard of his mother's house circling the spot of a grave and writing Ellerby on the spot on the map. Police went out to the property and sure enough found the decomposing body of Wadeen Ellerby buried in a shallow grave in the back of his of this Twisted Monster's house. Oh, Wait, this Twisted Monster's mother's name, house. Wadeen? Wadeen. Okay. Yeah. My dad's name might have been Wade. I always, uh, that's all yeah. I always go when yeah, I hear I that masculine, you know, front end. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, man, you know. I always go back to Thomasina, you know. Shout out to all the Thomasinas listening if there's Thomasinas out there. But your dad was on an ego trip that day when you were born in the hospital to be like, well, if I if we had a son, I was going to name him Thomas Jr. Yeah. But I'm not out of the game yet. She's a girl. Thomasina. Write it on the birth certificate. We got it done. Mission accomplished. We got it here. Thomasina. They always seem to be nice, though. Oh, I've never met a, like a not nice Thomasina. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've never, and not not just nice. I mean, like church going yeah. nice, like yeah. very kind, sweet. Yep. Never met a mean Thomasina. Yeah, me either. Yeah, never met a mean Thomasina. That's crazy. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> shout out to the Thomasinas. I w- if there's any Thomasinas listening, me- reach out to us. Let us know. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe your dad's name is Mark. Yeah, he just liked the name Thomasina. Maybe it was your grandmother's name. I don't know. I could be wrong. Prove us wrong. You know, maybe you're Thomasina and your dad's name has no not a Thomas in it. Yeah. Anyway, back to the story. Um. So, yeah, so they went out there and they found, you know, sure enough, he drew a map. There was a body there. Mm. So, you know, he's he it's, it's kind of crazy when you get this kind of transparency from a, a murderer. Yeah. You know, where they're really on. That's the thing that was I think that was the thing that was so off putting about. Uh, what's that big fuck's name that was in uh, Mindhunters? Uh Shit! Somebody's yelling. I gotta ask right for now. tuna sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. His name Shit! Uh, mm, I can't remember. But he was so you know him being so transparent about it is um it's off putting. Yeah, we're like, I strangled her because of this, and you're like, whoa, oh, you're not gonna, you know, because most people Disguise in jail, still, yeah, still, or they go, I I didn't do this. Yeah, <laughs> that's every everybody in jail is innocent, even though. Real talk. There's a lot of people in prison right now yeah. that are innocent. But you know, the joke is everybody's in, everybody in, in prison didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. But you know, he was he was like, no, I did it for these reasons, and I'd do it again. I like it. I think I can trust that person better than sure. Somebody's lying to my face. Yeah, I'd rather that. Now, would I want to be in a room with that person? No, but I at least I know where you're coming from. If you're a lion, tell me you're a lion. You know, don't yeah. don't be. A, I'm in the ocean and the shark swim up to me and go, no, man, I'm a dolphin. It's like, come yeah. on, bro. I know you're a shark. Yeah. Keep it a buck with me. If you're going to take my arm, don't try to trick me and then take my arm when I'm not looking. At least a shark will come, into, come at me telling me it's a shark. And at least I know, let me fight now. Yeah. Let me let me come out of the gates fighting. Let me not even let my guard down. You know, when they come at you telling you they're, they're, they're a dolphin and, and, you know, tricking you, mm-hmm. that's when they catch you off guard and it hurts more. Yeah. Give you a fighting chance. Be honest. I like to kill people. It's like, okay. Yeah. Let me get, give me 10 feet and I'm going to run. I'm not even going to let you get yeah. in my circle. I like to kill people specifically like you. Yeah, like, like you are my up. type. Yeah. And I want it. Yeah. Like, okay, well, I, now I, I know that now. <laughs> let me, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. Let me, let me get my space. Uh, so police went out to the property. Oh, sorry. I read that already. 
Yeah. Police chief of the Tus- of Tuskegee at the time, Joseph B. Walker, said Starkville detectives shared the information that they obtained from Jerry Marcus, and then and that that's how they were able to find the location of Wade Ellerby. So while they're in Starkville, Mississippi, interviewing uh, Jerry Marcus, and he tells them about the map, they contact uh, John- Joseph B. Walker in in uh, in Tuskegee and go, "Hey, man, uh, this is Detective such and such from Starkville." We got a tip that there's a body buried at such and such address, his mother's house. They send detectives out there. Sure enough, there's a body out there. So there, there was cool to see a little like interdepartment uh, cooperation happening there. And that's how they were able to find the body of Wadeen. I'm more amazed at the fact that I feel like if it was me, I wouldn't remember. If you killed somebody? Well, I left it. If you put it in your mother's backyard, you remember I'm that. not talking I mean, about if that. you just I'm left it about... in a body in the woods. But I'm talking about when they go, oh, yeah, just... Take this trail down here and it'd be right there. Well, that's the thing, though. See, that's, again, your work operating from the standpoint of not a killer. A lot of times, killers like to go back and revisit those spots. So they'll put it somewhere where it might seem like just the woods to you, but that person is mapped out in their mind like that's five trees from this tree line or that's where this there's a rock here I that I put that. there. Because they want to go. Because they those killers that do that, sometimes, some of them, like to go and just be around the, the event and relive it again. So they need to know how to get back there because they're going to go back. They go back sometimes. But I understand if you, you go and you know the area, but I'm talking about you drawing it. Oh, and being able to tell somebody? Yeah. That's, that's the, how much it means to you. That's crazy. That's how little you don't want to kill somebody. Yeah. I can Is tell. I, you, I get it if you if you can go. That's just like that's like me when I drive. I, I know yeah, how to get somewhere. You just know where to go? No, but you just to be like. Whereas, I can tell go you. here, take five trees to the right, yeah. go down this hill, jump over this rock, and it's right there. It's a great office bit where the uh, Dwight offered to let Andy and Angela have a wedding mm-hmm. at his property, mm-hmm. and the directions he give is like, go ten paces, walk until you hear the beehive, uh, make a left at what is what looks like uh, an arrow pointing to God. Like it's just like, <laughs> like things that like. Are super subjective. Like you might see that, yeah. you know, you know, you know. <laughs> Walk until you hear the beehive is crazy. You know, it's like that's that's an insane direction to give to somebody. This, you know, if I was having a house party at my house and I was like, yeah, keep walking until you hear that dog barking. It's it's, but it's like a very unique bark. It's yeah. like what? Yeah, dogs bark everywhere. I started watching that again. Just just want to throw it out there. The Office? Yeah, I started watching. It's perfect it television. <laughs> you really can stop watching it after Goodbye Michael too. That you that, that's when I if you watching. treat that like the series finale, it is probably the most perfect show ever. And there's some great episodes after that after Michael leaves, but mm-hmm. none of it is it. as good as those first five yeah. or six or whatever, you know. So yeah, that's my take on the office. Anyways. Um a medical examiner determined that the cause of the of death of, of Wade Dean Ellaby was strangulation. Uh Jerry made assertions that he may have strangled Wade Dean over a debt she owed him but later contested that he made that statement while he was on trial. So while he was, you know, he Could was giving lying. it up, he was giving it up fly in the in the interrogation room like, yeah, she owed me some money. Blah, blah. Yeah. But then, you know, when the lawyer gets in the mix and they're trying to get you off, you deny everything. Yeah. They shouldn't have been interrogating him anyway without a lawyer present. He didn't say that. That's speculation. They played that card. The trial was actually, they denied everything in the trial. It didn't work, which I'll get to, but they denied everything. They denied the confessions. They said the confessions weren't legal. He, they shouldn't be admissible in court. All, they, they tried to throw everything out. But you can't just walk into a fucking interrogation room and start giving it up fly. Yeah, man, I did that, and you should go here, and I put a body here, and all this. They're going to use that. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. How, is that, how can't you use that in court? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck? It didn't work. <laughs> he tried it, though. 
so Marcus, Mar- Mar- yeah, that's say, uh, as well. I, didn't I didn't say, say I didn't say it's a tape. <laughs> it's a tape. Not saying he didn't say it. He's saying that you can't use that. <laughs> His lawyer wasn't there. He wasn't in the right mind. That you you can't show that. That's yeah. not fair. So he said it. Shouldn't have said it. So you give me another Coke, I'll tell you some more stuff. Yeah. I got some more stuff. <laughs> uh, so Marcus also lived in Knoxville, Tennessee from 1975 to 1984. He confessed to and later was indicted on the murder of Francine Davis, who was killed in October of 1984 in Knoxville. No, is it no relation to um, the first one? No, this is another state. But what's interesting is he lived in Knoxville from 1975 to 1984, killed Francine in 1984, and then now he then he moved to Starkville. So he killed her. All on what name Davis was it? It's no relation. Did oh, I say Davis? Yeah, Dor- I, D- Dorothy uh, Dorothy Davis. I did say that was the victim that kicked this whole I'm thing. I'm just saying, off. what if he just started killing people that was named Davis? It could be. You never know, man. It could be something as little as that, man. Wow. One of us either told a story. Or I read a story about a guy who, like, he uh, was an ambulance driver. And he would stalk people and get all their information about them because he had access to medical records yeah. and stuff. Uh, it, you know, anyway. Yeah. But it could, you never know what it could be that makes you the choice for the victim. Yeah. Or it could be as, as random as the DC Sniper, which the third season of, of Monster, which is a podcast, is a good podcast, is doing the DC Sniper yeah. and reliving that is crazy. Because I remember that time, which we discussed briefly on this before, but us being in Baltimore, we were kind of like on the outskirts of it, but they still, it was still like at the end of school days, we weren't allowed to just leave out. They yeah. told us to go straight home, don't play outside. But to relive it and be hearing it from the perspective of where it was happening, hearing from people that were like, yeah, I was at a gas station and somebody just fell on the ground. Mm. Shit is crazy, man. The way they were doing that was nuts. People didn't know what was going on. That, that it really was a crazy time, and it was right after nine eleven, so people thought it was terrorism. Yeah, so uh, that was a combination of a lot of things. That was a weird time, man. Check out Monsters uh, new season about the DC sniper. Um, so anyway, yeah, so he um he confessed to killing Francine Davis and uh in in Knoxville, Tennessee, in nineteen eighty four, and it's believed that he may have killed at least two others in the Knoxville area during that time. Mm. So uh, after a semi lengthy trial of Jerry Marcus. He was found guilty of murder in 1990. He was found guilty of the, the murders of Dorothy Davis and uh, Wadeen uh, Ellerby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so he's he's currently still in jail in Mississippi. He's still alive. Currently still in jail in Mississippi. He confessed to killing at least seven women throughout Alabama, Mississippi, and Tennessee from 1970 to 1987. And cold case units are still trying to link him to other unresolved murders from that time in those three states. And uh, so that was the story of Jerry Marcus for me. I just think it's I think it's crazy. Um, it's so Jerry Marcus could end up being along the line. It's it's not the same. You know, they believe him to be responsible for maybe like you know half you know a dozen or so more. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be the level of Samuel Little. But it's crazy how uh, DNA evidence those those stories from you know thirty years ago mm-hmm. DNA evidence can catch up and they can go back and take DNA from this old man in prison. And start, you know, solving cases that, like, that they may have forgot they did, or you know, don't want to confess to, and all this kind of stuff. So I, um, I'll be keeping an eye on the Jerry, uh, Marcus thing to see, uh, if his name pops up in any other yeah. more solved cases. Uh, but like I said, I, I'm looking for a Samuel Little documentary immediately, man. Yeah. I, I need to know the details. I need to know where he learned to draw. Like, I need to know those little kind of things. Like, did he go to art school? Was he an avid drawer when he was a kid? Yeah. Did he box professionally? Which I think they they said he was a boxer. That's that's because he was just knocking women out. 
Um, I need I to just know all don't, the details. Yeah, just the the whole memory part to me is just like remembering what somebody looks like. Draw. Yeah, it's crazy. Like sixty plus women. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's nuts, man. Be it's super nuts. descriptive on how. Yeah, it's, it's beyond me. I don't like not just not just hair color, hair texture. Crazy. Like she didn't wasn't just blonde. She had blonde short hair, yeah. blonde thick hair, blonde yeah. thin hair. She had like she a big mark on her eye or some yeah, crazy. Yeah, like, yeah. No, how the fuck do you even? It's super disturbing, especially when these are women that you murdered. So it's yeah. like whoa, like you have those images just floating around in your head all day. Yeah, it's crazy stuff. Um, but that was the uh, affirmative murder of Jerry Marcus, also known as the Tuskegee Strangler. Tuskegee. I like Tuskegee, that. Tuskegee, yeah. Um, Tuskegee. Crazy town, man. Another reason I have no desire to go to Alabama yeah. um, is um, the Tuskegee uh, The Tuskegee experiments happened where they were giving black people syphilis to see how it plays out. Hmm. This country's done some crazy fucking vile shit, man. But Alabama yeah. just... I have no reason. I have to no desire way. to go there. You know, yeah. shout shout out to like we have some listeners to Alabama. We've we've shit on Alabama a couple times on here before, and people have been like, "Hey man, don't talk about my hometown like that." It's like, "Hey man, listen, I don't know what to say." I yeah. think Charles Barkley's from Alabama. I don't think he's been back since. Yeah, you know, it's like you when you get out, you get out. Yeah, you know. But you know, shout out to Alabama. You yeah. know, um, some some great civil rights moments happen there, but the fact that those civil rights things, you know, might not have. St- taken all the way and there's still some you know friction down there i'm cool you know i'm gonna stay i'm gonna stay on this side of Sorry. the mason dixon line or however that works i don't yep. remember. i don't know those kinds of things but i'm gonna stay north i'm gonna stay here yeah you know um anyways uh what we're gonna do is we're gonna get out of that let's get into these good vibes we can get up out of here good, 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 good That's right, folks. It's time for those good vibes to enter your soul and nourish the mind and the body and motivate you to go out and change the world, possibly in the smallest way possible. You know, it's not about it's not always about, you know, that big home run of a change. Sometimes just go out and affect one person at a time. Make your impact felt, you know, in whatever way that you can for the good. And, you know, and just, you know, do your body and your soul, you know, a a, a solid and, you know, Get that, you know, sometimes you do something nice for somebody and you don't need to, you know, again, we've always discussed, you don't need to take photos and, you know, videos. And look yeah. at what I'm doing. But that high that you get from doing a good deed for somebody, it is a it is a reward in itself sometimes. When yeah, you feel good. you have to show it to everybody. No, no, no. No, absolutely. I agree. That's not my thing. But I'm just, I'm, I'm just speaking purely to the feeling that you get. Yeah. Of like, wow, man, I, I think... And again, I, I never I never make assumptions that, you know, the money that I give to somebody is going to change their life. They might go buy drugs with it. I could be wrong. I could, you know, I'm always like, I'm the half glass. I'm the glass half full, but also half empty guy where it's like, you know, all right, cool. He can go get a hot cup of hot coffee. Cool. He might also just buy drugs with that. But it's like either way. He's happy. He's happy. He or she you is know, happy. I did something. They asked me for something and I was able to provide it for yeah. him. And that feels good to me. So go out and do that in whatever way you can. Anyways, friend, uh, I got my good vibes all fired up, so okay. I'm going to go ahead and um, kick things off, all if right. you don't mind. So um, my good vibe story this week is a story about a proud mom who packs two lunches every day for her son, who has a secret friend that he feeds at lunch. Hmm. So since the beginning of the school year, Josette Duran has kept an unusual morning routine at the request of her son, Dylan. Every day she packs him a lunch of two sandwiches, two bags of chips, two drinks, and two servings of fruit, which was just my lunch when I was a kid. Yeah. Which is what explained why I was pretty rotund. 
at first, Duran thought her son had perhaps hit another growth spurt and needed double the fuel, which is probably what my mom thought. And the fuel, the fuel went nowhere because yeah. I, I quit every sport, you know. I, you know, I, you know. So I, the fuel was getting, it was going nowhere, but yeah. to, to the belly. Yeah. Uh, she finally asked him if he was getting enough to eat and received a surprising answer about why Dylan needed the extra food. It's for this boy. He only eats a fruit cup for lunch. Duran shared her son's response in an inspiring Facebook post, which you know she left his name out, so I'm cool with. Okay. But. You know, we just discussed that. But anyway, um, the boy asked, can you make him lunch too? I don't think he has lunch money. And that's how it started. Mm-hmm. She started making him a lunch. It turned out that Dylan and his, and his Dylan had befriended a classmate whose family really needed the help. The boy's single mother had recently lost her job and could no longer afford to buy school lunches. After learning this, Duran was even more eager to help out the boy and his mother because she herself could empathize with their situation. She said, this hits home to me because a few years ago, me and my son were homeless, Duran told the local news. I was living in my car and I was washing him in bathrooms. Ooh, some, ooh fucking uh, pursuit of happiness shit, yeah. man. Oh, that's real. That's real. Goddamn. Uh, and we didn't have food. Now that we have overcome their hardship, oh, now that they have overcome their hardship and are in a stable place, Duran wanted nothing more than to reach out and help others in need. And that's what it's all about, man. Mm. Shout out to this woman. Shout out to Josette, man. Uh, when the young boy's mother learned of, the, of Duran's generosity, she called her up and offered to pay her back for everything. Mm. But Duran couldn't accept it. She said, I don't, think, I, I don't think I did anything special. And this is what she said during a Facebook Live video because it started, you know, the story started getting traction. I just think I did what a human being is supposed to do. I'm fucking with the messages here. I'm just hoping they keep the anonymity of the family. We don't need to be putting them on blast like yeah. that, you know. But I, I, I respect her because what we just said, right? It's I understand, you know. There's ways to do it, and there's there's ways to not do okay, it. Okay, before you go, let me speak. I feel like I think I know where you're going, but I feel like if you're going to put it on social media or put it out there, mm-hmm. I feel like you should have the objective to spread the awareness. Spread the yeah, spread it, and to be like, this is what I'm doing. This is what other people should do yes also. yes not doing it not for like, i'm awesome look what i'm doing give me the likes yeah yeah i think she's the latter yeah, which yeah. i'm cool with yep. where it's like start a start a start a hashtag hashtag yeah. feed a friend or whatever yeah. i'm for that yeah because you gotta sometimes this is the time in the age that we live in somebody's got to start the wave yeah but if you're just going on there like yo hey i just gave this homeless dude a sandwich y'all yeah yeah yo eat that all right yeah. and then that's it you know that's just look at me look at what i did you know, I, yeah. I'm not for that. Yeah. But what she did was she almost started a campaign, a movement, you know, you know, a, a wave of let's do this. Let's help a person help do what humans are supposed to do. Pick up your fellow man or woman. Do what we're you know, help a neighbor. I can get down with that. Yeah. You know, like if for an example, if I think it was Blueface that did it, that went to um, yeah, Skid Row. Threw the money on top if of he, the car. If he would have had the money, like had the money bundled up like $5 or something uh-huh. and went like, I don't know, um, skid row challenge or something. Like, oh, I gave out this month, this amount of money. Right. Let's see what y'all can, let's see what y'all can do. Sure. Hashtag it. Not throw it in the air, but yeah, yeah, that pass was nuts. it out. That was nuts. It was nuts. I'll be like, okay, that's, that, I like what he did. Even more so, I'll say like this. If he had just did it and there was a rumor about it, 
like a, a person on Skid Row said, yeah. yeah, man, that dude came down here and just yeah, threw money on That too. That would have came off so much more organic and yeah. we would have been like, damn, that was dumb. But like he gave those people all this money as opposed to having somebody film it yeah. and then you put it up like, hey, man, look at what I did, man. I'm giving back. Yeah. If you just were driving down Skid Row, seeing the, pro- the poverty and, you know, I would hope you would get inspired to do something more organized. But if yeah. you just were like, yeah, I got, I got 40 bands on me. Yeah. I just don't like the throwing it. That. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 degrading. Yeah, and and I've reflected on that because I was kind of um I was on the side of he did something. Yeah, and I didn't like people who were on Twitter doing nothing, being like, you should organize of this, and you should have did this, that, and the third. And it's like, how much money did you give to homeless people today? Yeah. I didn't like that. I think what he did was super dumb, but he did give money to some people, man. Yeah. Somebody just ate the way he that did. they somebody that okay. ate wouldn't that wouldn't have ate that day. There's some positive that came out of that. Yeah. Now was it super degrading and all those kind of things? Sure, I super understand that. I, there's a better way to to give back to homeless yeah. people. But yes, uh, organization is key. There's a proper way to do things and there's an improper way to do things. Don't throw money at homeless people. Treat them with dignity yeah. is the message really. Anyway, the kindness and compassion doesn't stop there with uh, with Josette. The efforts made by Duran, who is also the coach of the local school's girls volleyball team, didn't go unnoticed by her players. Her team raised $400 to give to Coach Duran to cover the cost of all the extra lunches she had been making out of her own pocket. But Duran refused to keep the cash and instead donated to the donated it to the cafeteria at her son's school. The money was enough to pay back the past due accounts on all the schools on all the students who buy school lunches. Mm. Now everyone can eat, Duran said, proud that it all started with her 11-year-old boy whose close observation of someone other than himself, someone someone he knew could use a helping hand and a PB&J made with lots of love. Mm. So I think that's beautiful and I think that that's super dope that it kind of took on a life of its own and she got some money and she could have, you know, she could have pocketed that money. She could have mm-hmm. whatever because you can cut some corners and make somebody a, you know, a PB&J sandwich and it don't cost $400. Yeah. But she said, you know what? No. All the kids eat. Everybody eats, B. Everybody eats. And she gave it back because I remember being on a school lunch program and when you, you know, your mom forgets to put the money in the account or whatever and you go boop, doop, doop. And you yeah. got your chicken patty and two bags of chips, and you 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 know you you remember you or you thought you know however much money you thought was in there wasn't, and they go, it's nothing more degrading. It's crazy that kids got to feel this at such a young age too, because I felt it, and not because like you know my mom was a bad mom or anything like that, but I'm just saying yeah. sometimes you forget to put the money in the thing, whatever, and they go, oh sorry, um you can't have a lunch today, yeah, and they take your tray and just put it. I'm and sad. this is prison food. To yeah. be like, and looking back, <laughs> looking back as an adult, they didn't give a child that food. Put the took the tray and put it behind them, and probably just threw that shit away. Took the milk, the chocolate milk, and the apple juice, and put them back in the little uh, milk crate things that they have them in, and threw that sandwich in the trash. Yeah. You know, but didn't give it to a child. You yeah. know, so you know. It's crazy that child, children have to experience that kind of shit, yeah. you know, at such a young age. But that shit happens. Yeah. If you're it's overdue, been, yeah, it's been time where it was like I didn't even I didn't even go in line because I didn't I knew I didn't have the, the money, money to, to get anything. Yeah, yeah. So sit there hungry. Yeah, yeah. And people. And somebody go, around. you want somebody for some fries? And it's like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, but you know you want hungry that. You know you want that. Yeah. Somebody go, come on, man, here, take it. You know, all yeah. right, all right, cool. But all then right, when whatever. you did get that money on there. Or you ball out. You ball out, you get honey snacks. Bun. Oh, yeah, zebra cakes. <laughs> oh, I would go dumb. And then that's why I'm like, oh, I don't have any money today. Because I spent all my money 
in one day. Yep. I got snacks for after lunch. Yep. Put them in my pocket. Yep. Like, oh yeah, when that money, yeah. when that account is full. Yeah. Oh, you live. Yep. You live. Get some high fries to eat later in in, in in another period. You know, and also it's kind of partially like you want to be the kid. Oh, look, I got snacks. Yeah. Later on in the day too. Yep. You know, that's almost like a that's a flex. It's crazy the 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 um the parallels that public school system has to prison. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very strange. Food it's almost programming. It. It's almost like programming of like, oh my com. This is my commissary. Yeah, I got me a couple zebra cakes I got from you know my lunch. Yeah, and now I'm eating them in last period of the day. It's like you're not yeah. gonna let me get this this trash lunch. Yeah, that's right. crazy. Like take you're this. gonna take this from me? That's Put wild. That's wild. That's a legit. That's a true story. Like. Kid, for people who aren't aware, yeah, there. If you don't have that money in that thing, and you go to boom, oh, can I get the uh, can I get the sub? You go to the sub, the deli line, trash, yeah. fucking fake deli meat. Yeah, you get the bell peppers and the le- little bullshit brown lettuce on your sandwich. Thank you at Subway. Dude. Yeah, you know, you get that shit all nice how you want it, and you go up to the line, and you go to press your number in. And if you don't have money in your account, they will remove that tray from your hands, yeah. and you just gotta awkwardly. It's people behind you in line yeah. that saw that whole shit go down. And you just got to awkwardly walk out of the cafeteria line and go sit down at a table empty-handed. Yep. Shit is real, man. That's crazy that somebody have to Rough go through time. that. Yeah. I can see why a motherfucker could just go, man, fuck school, and just drop out. If that's the life they're living, you go to school, your clothes are dirty, you can't eat lunch, people around you are eating lunch, and also kids are cruel, so they're like, oh, you're not eating lunch? Ah, oh, shitty hungry. You know, and you going through that kind of shit. You just go, man, I'd rather just fucking walk around the streets from 8 to 2. Fuck yeah. this. This is terrible. So, you know, I understand that. Anyway, Fran, yeah. it's on you. All right, so my good vibe this week. Um, students are returning to an Indian school after it transformed two old train cars into vibrant classrooms. Ooh. So this school is being held as uh, one of the first in the world to start improving attendance rates by transforming old train cars into classrooms. The government-run Ash- Ashakapuram Primary School noticed students' numbers were dropping, and they suspected it was due to the lack of um, properly permanent school buildings. The school then teamed up with Southwestern Railways, Southwestern Railways Company, to begin using two old train cars deemed unfit um, for r- railway usage. Mm. The vibrant carriages now have stairways, brightly painted exterior, oh. desks, fans, lights, and color colorful drawings on the walls. Some hipster. I mean, it looks shit. beautiful. It looks yeah, beautiful. So some hipster shit. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Um, the coaches, which were officially declared unfit. For railway use were reno- renovated at, at present the school has 60 students From standard first grade To seventh grade Says, spokesp- says spokesman For Southwestern Railways Many come from families below the poverty line mm. The new classrooms have managed to attract A new batch of students to attend regular classes And teachers In Mysore and Karnataka, India Says students attendance numbers Are now up again thanks to the to the quirky new classrooms, which cost um, several hundred, what is it like Indian rupee, like rupees, rupee, which is not, rupees. yeah, which is not fifteen dollars U.S. dollars to do um, the whole thing to the for train, the pair, yeah, for the two trains. Wow, yeah, damn, yep. that's a mean currency exchange. Yeah, to renovate a whole a whole stagecoach. Yeah, so it got like it got like uh, down here. Look at the pictures you want to look at it. Oh, let me see this here. Oh, that's in the train. Yeah. Okay, got the fans. They put stuff on the wind. Ooh. It looks nice. That's saucy. I like that. Yeah. I'd like to see something like that here just for the artist, the artistry of it. That would be cool. Yeah, fuck with that. Yeah. Turn the train into a a, a little classroom. Because right now, um, they just got them ugly little trailers outside where they send the bad kids. Yep. (laughs) 
the the outside. I remember yeah. when I, you know, and maybe it's changed. Maybe schools are just overpopulated now. But when I was a kid, if you had a class in a trailer, you you were on some other shit. Like you no, weren't allowed to be. In I the think it's, I think it's a little different now. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, no. When I was still in school. If they, not all the time. Not all the time. Yeah, sometimes it's yeah. like the somebody's classroom is getting yeah. renovated or something like that. Yeah. But I'm talking about the kids that are always out there. That's a bit dangerous now I think about it. Oh, yeah, they're just out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Yeah, man, shit. Somebody could just go and target one of those trailers. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Yeah. You don't have the security of the whole school protecting the kid. It's just like a little trailer outside. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that is that, yeah, that's a good point. But, um, yeah, no, when I was a kid, that's where the kids that, like, you know, cuss teachers out at the drop of a dime, mm-hmm. they were in that class. Yeah. All the bad girls that could fight really good, they were always in the trailer class. Yeah. You know, so um, shout out to those girls, man. Shout out to, <laughs> shout out to those girls, man. You ever just seen a girl just, just throw down and it's like... It's like Mike Tyson versus a, like a per, just a, a person. Yeah, I went to school with a couple girls like that, where everybody's like, everybody is like, no, Shayla, don't fight, please, yeah. like, don't do this to this girl. Yeah, that not not nobody fight. Like, you please don't fight her. Yeah. You will fuck her up. Yeah, shout out to those girls, man. I'm sure they grew up to be very, <laughs> you know, like like lionesses, protective mothers, you know, who will fight a child yeah. if you put your hands on their child. Oof. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just an FYI to the people out there. There's people out there like that. Yeah. They so don't care. just think you can just. I'm gonna beat up a 15 year old. Nah. Cause you have to face an adult. Yeah. And they'll fight you and your parent too. Oh yeah. And your parent. It's a difference, man. If you're a parent who's willing to hit a kid, I don't want to bring my parent to fight you. Yeah. Cause my mom won't. That's a line. My mom won't hit a kid. Yeah. So my, maybe my mom can fight. But she ain't beating somebody that'll hit me. You know what I mean? Like somebody that'll hit a kid. You don't care. Yeah, you don't give a shit. You don't yeah. care at all. It'll this will go somewhere my mom's not prepared for it to go. So yeah. just FYI out there, man. You know, watch. You see your parents t- get a fight? Your mom get a fight? Hell no. You don't no. mind fighting nobody, yeah. man. My mom, my mom won't step in grass. Yeah. <laughs> gra- gra- my mom has grass phobia. She's not putting paws on anybody. You know, I mean, I'm not saying she won't, but yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've never seen that. That'd be different. I've never seen any of the adults in my life just throw down. Yeah. That would be crazy. That's <laughs> that's traumatized. I remember Kevin Hart had that joke about his dad. He got beat up in front of him. Yeah. You just look at, if my, you know what I'm saying? If I saw my dad just get whooped up, I don't know, man. That's crazy. I don't know if I can recover from that. <laughs> he said somebody knocked like 35 cents out of his dad. Like his oh, dad had some loose change in his pocket. <laughs> Bow! In the chick, pennies and shit on the yeah, it's different. Look. Yeah, you get your, you, you know, you can't look. see your parents just get whooped yeah. going like that, man. You shouldn't be fighting in front of your kids anyway. That's yeah. that's my other PSA. Forget all the stuff I just said. Don't fight in front of your kids. Yeah. But just know, tell your kids keep their hands to themselves. Because if your kids at school bullying somebody and they put their hands on the wrong kid, they might be fighting a grown woman at uh, yeah. at, at two forty five. You don't want that. Yeah, you know, you, you, I've been yelled at by some moms. For doing some crazy shit, messing up. You know, I used to do dumb shit. You know, I'd come over your house, hanging yeah. from the curtain rod in the shower. Yeah. Just cause. Pow! The whole shower rod come down. There's holes in your walls. Now you got your parents got to come home, and, and I got to explain to them what I did. Yeah. I done been yelled at by many a parent. Yeah, man. You was pretty rough when you was, uh... Little it little. was just... I was just doing dumb shit, yeah. man. I had I just, a basketball hoop. Like a little basketball hoop, and you, like, came over and broke it. Yeah, man. I just thought... I was having I, a good time. I thought it was Dwight Howard. You know, I was like... <laughs> Yeah, ooh, jump shots, slam dunk, pow, crack it. Now it's never fixed. You know, I, I was that dude. I like to think it was just me thinking outside the box. I was doing the thing nobody thought to do. Like, yeah. Oh, you got a soccer ball. We could go outside and play soccer, or we could kick it at your TV. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, why? What? Why? 
why let's see how that goes now you don't your tv got a hole in it you know i was that kid you know uh but i've matured yeah. and I, I, i've changed my ways i'm not as rowdy and rambunctious as i once was but you know i if between the ages of like seven and, and 12 oh i was gonna fuck some shit up yeah. at your house you know no <laughs> doubt like just and for no reason either it's like why were you throwing butter knives at the wall i don't, I don't know i thought they had they had a bullseye they had um they had darts in the basement, so I tried to do like darts in the kitchen, but oh, but with the knives. Yeah. Okay, don't come over here anymore. Wow, I didn't ban from I didn't been banned from many a house. Yeah. I got picked up from a sleepover one time because <laughs> I was doing flips off the bunk bed and just broke something. I don't even remember what I broke, but it. But everybody else is playing Madden and video games. We're like seven. I'm like, yeah, yeah games. Ha <laughs> ha. Flip, bow. Everything just something broke. They they called my mom. My mom probably was like. So had some Moscato in her. Oh, yeah. I got a night off from the kids. You know, I'm, I'm a, you know, you drink some wine. Got called at like ten o'clock at night. Uh, come get come this get child yeah. from my house, and don't ever bring. If you ever see a, a, a invitation to a slumber party, uh, no, he's not invited. Just know that. No, it's not an accident. He didn't. Wild. He didn't accidentally not get the invitation. He's not invited to my house. Yeah. S- signed the adult. You know what I'm saying? But all the kids love me. I was friends with all the kids. I said, yeah. Sorry, man. You, you know, you know how broken heart a friend got to be like, yeah, man, my mom said you can't come over our house anymore. Yeah. It's been many a time I'd have been told that straight up by a seven-year-old to, it's too rough, man. to me. You need to, you need to calm down a little bit. Yeah, man. Well, you know, I'm, 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 at, I'm at where I'm at now. Yeah. Things worked out, you know? Anyways, you know, d- d- uh, my last PSA is, you know, your, cow- your kid might be a little rowdy and rambunctious, man, but that just means he's got a creative mind. Stimulate him. Put him in programs. And don't let him quit, man. Yeah. Because it's going to get to a point. This is this is me speaking from personal experience, and this is not a dig at my mom in any kind of way. But every no kid wants to do anything. Mm-hmm. You got to make them. Yeah, that's if true. If you see your kid doodling and you go, man, he's like, he can draw a little bit. Just rudimentary shit. But he just has a concept of eyes and lips and face. Put him in an art class. Yeah. And when he goes, this is boring. You go, well, I'll, well, you go to this class from three to five every Wednesday. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that just is what it is. Yep. They'll thank you later. Don't let your kid tell you they don't want to do this anymore if you know it's best for them. Yeah. You know? So that's my last PSA. That's the serious true. one. I agree. No, yeah, no more. That was, the other ones were jokey jokey, but that's serious. Like, push your kids to be great because kids don't want to be great they just want to fucking do whatever they they don't want to be great sometimes but, kids don't know they don't they don't know they don't know but then you're an adult and you go damn I wish I could play drums or guitar yeah. yep. and you know that's the time where you push push them to be great and they'll appreciate you later in life when they can read sheet music yeah. or do something that somebody else can't do they can speak spanish or mm-hmm. mandarin or draw really well or design can computer code have more opportunities. It gives yeah, them way give, more give, opportunities. Access, give your kids access to yeah. as many things that you have the ability to. I'm not saying stretch yourself thin and, and sign them up for classes that you don't have the money for. I'm saying if you have the ability to, don't just let your kid tell you they're fine and they have things that they can do with their time. Give them things to occupy their time. They will appreciate it later in life. Yeah. I promise you. Yep. Um, with that being said, I'm, I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in True Crime, Franco Evans, and we'll see you guys next week. Deuces.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 